0: Welcome to Apply Filters, the podcast all about WordPress development. Now, here's your hosts, Pippin Williamson and Brad Tanar.
1: Welcome back to Apply Filters for episode 25. I'm Pippin Williamson, along with my co-host, Brad Tanar. Today's episode is sponsored by Sprout Apps, which is a suite of business apps for WordPress built specifically for freelancers and small businesses uh, starting with invoices, estimates, and payments. If you want to learn more, go to sproutapps.co. Uh, we actually had Dan Cameron, the developer behind Sprout Apps, on Apply Filters last week. So if you want to learn more about the business, the product, etc., go to sproutapps.co and also listen to last week's episode. Awesome. Uh, today, we want to talk about WordPress 4.0. But before we do that, Brad, why don't you jump in and tell us what you've been doing recently? Sure thing.
0: Uh so we we actually just released uh 1.4.2 of MigrateDB Pro uh but it was it's not it's like a minor release but it actually included like a ton of code changes because it it's the first release since we refactored everything to merge the free version and the pro version together so there was a lot of re- code reorganization that went on so mostly just like code cleanup yeah, co- not too much cleanup. It was mostly restructuring and just, you know, sure. putting the glue in there that kind of binds the two together somehow. Is uh, there uh,
1: any any specific bugs or, or feature improvements that the user should know about?
0: Uh, yeah, there is. Uh, let me bring up the, the changelog here. But before I get to that... Um, I mentioned, I think it was last week or, or last episode or the one before. I mentioned about the build script we have. Yep. Uh, and uh, I just released that. People were interested in it, so I released it. It's just a PHP script that basically includes certain files or and excludes certain files from the building of the zip file automatically. So you don't have to, you know. Before we built this, we were Manually deleting files, <laughs> and then and then zipping it up, and so it was it wasn't ideal, right? Because you might end up with uh, you know you might forget to delete some files or you might delete the wrong files. It's just prone to error, right? When when it's right. not scripted. So uh, yeah, I've, I've released that. We we can
1: put. So this is this is a build script for taking the taking the plugin folder, getting rid of any temporary files or things like get files. And then deleting those, zipping it, renaming it, et cetera. And basically giving you a final zip file that you upload to your site. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. That's well,
0: great. yeah. I mean, that's the zip file that we release, right? That's, right. that's the one that people end up downloading to upgrade. So, uh, yeah. So that's, that's basically what it does. Uh, and depending on the edition. So if you're building the free edition it'll, it'll remove certain files. And then if you're building the, the pro edition of, of Migrate DB, then it'll, uh, then it'll, you know, deletes different files. So and I see just, this also
1: has, uh, for, for the light edition, which would be your free version of WP Migrate DB. Uh, you also have something in your script to actually publish it directly to .org and to GitHub.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: That's cool. That yeah. definitely makes pushing out that release a lot easier.
0: Oh yeah, it's it's great. So what happens is when you when you build the the free version, it asks you, it prompts you, you know, yes, no if you want to publish to uh, dot, uh dot .org and then it then if you want to publish it to GitHub because we have a private repo for the majority of the code, but we could also push some of the code to GitHub for the free version. That's so cool. Yeah, and it it actually it builds it all and gets it ready to push to uh, subversion on org, and and then stops and pauses and says, "Do you want it to continue?" So that you can actually go in and, and you know poke around to make sure everything looks alright before yeah, that's, before that's you awesome. hit the switch and everything. Um, so where can where can people find this build script? You have it on GitHub. Yeah, yeah, we can link link it up in the show notes. It's uh. You know, if you, you can find it through uh, github.com slash deliciousbrains. Uh, so if you go there. and That's really cool. Define. I found that using
1: a deployment script. So since I host all of my plugins on GitHub, both in public and private repos, having a deployment script to push them to .org anytime I'm done with a release, that alone saves so much time.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh,
1: I, have, I have a script that I use uh, that Paul Clark wrote. Or that Paul Clark, I think, updated after he forked it from someone else. And it's a huge help.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Sure.
1: Uh, sure. If anybody who's listening is is interested in an deployment script but doesn't have one, leave a comment, happy to, to share
0: and walk through that. Yeah. Someone commented on on Twitter when I released it. I tweeted about it. Someone commented that they were using Grunt for most of their stuff. But then they said that they prefer, they think they would prefer PHP. Just because most of their codes in PHP already, right? So I've always kind I just kind of default to using PHP for scripts because I, I'm just so familiar with it, and I can I can do a lot with it already. So yeah, definitely. I know I know Grunt is pretty pretty popular nowadays, but and we and we use it for building or like minifying and, and all that stuff. Um, do you, do you guys use Grunt? With, for EDD?
1: Uh, we're not using it for EDD at the moment, though we probably will will in the near future, uh, mostly for doing like script and CSS minification. Because um, at the moment I I'm lazy and I still do that manually.
0: What what, what do
1: you mean manually? How do you do it? Uh, I have I have some some tools that I use to to minify scripts and CSS, and so I just take the files and manually dump them through there. Oh okay. Gotcha. Anytime I'm ready to push out a release, but I really should do it. Uh, using Grunt and just do it on commit because it'd be a lot faster and more reliable.
0: Because there's
1: definitely been times when I pushed out a release and then I realized, crap, totally forgot to minify things, Uh, which is okay sometimes, but in our case, we actually right. keep separate versions of the files. Yes. And we load the non minified version automatically if you right. have WP script debug enabled. Yeah. But if you don't have script debug, it uses the minified version. So in my development environment, I'm always using script debug set to true in right. config. And so sometimes I forget, and then I push out a release and realize
0: that users have an outdated version of the JavaScript or CSS. Right. And yeah, we we've, we've actually because we instituted this this new build script and everything. When we do our final testing before release, we actually run the build and then you know install the zip and test it that way. So yeah, that, that's probably smart. Because um, for that very reason, because there might yep. be files missing that shouldn't be or or whatever. Um, so yeah, but. Uh, in uh, version 1.4.2, it's it's mostly just bug fixes and like really really small improvements. Uh, so, but like I said, lots of refactoring. Very cool. Yeah. So what what you've been up to? Uh, also doing releases. I feel like
1: it's kind of our general thing is either one either URI is doing a release about every week. Yeah. Um, large or small. This was a a pretty large release for me. We did EDD version 2.1, uh, which we've been solely working on since June. Uh, and we got it pushed out on Wednesday of last week, and it was a pretty smooth release. We had a few hiccups here and there. Um, we've, we've done, like, two minor point releases since then, but they're they're both to fix pretty minor issues. Uh, it had three big things in it. Uh, one was transaction ID tracking. So we've always tracked transaction IDs for purchases from right. the payment processor, so- but we never had, like, a formal API that every single payment gateway would use uh, okay. so, so we just kind of, we have what are called payment notes, which are just notes on the payment records. Uh, uh, and so transaction IDs would get stored there, but we never had like a specific way they were stored in the database, which meant that if a payment gateway wanted to implement like automatic refunds or something right. like that, there was not an official API to set and retrieve transaction IDs. Right. So we've done that and we've we've implemented that new API and we've added in. A way to retroactively retrieve, license, retrieve transaction IDs from old payment records. Uh, so that was pretty fun getting that. Uh,
0: yeah. We
1: implemented a new email templating system and a new, actually, uh, an entire emails class that takes care of sending purchase receipts and sending any email through EDD. Uh, before, we had it so that purchase receipts would get, get a nice HTML template applied to them but any other email sent out either from extensions or a custom email that you built was not able to use those, those HTML templates. So any email that was sent out would be sent as like plain text. Uh, so for example, we have a software licensing extension that will send out renewal notices when a license key is about to expire. Well, we wanted to be able to have those emails sent out in the same template that the purchase receipts come. Right. In, so that everything looks consistent. Uh, Pre ED point one. It was technically possible, but really difficult. Uh-huh. Now it's as simple as one function call, basically the same way you would call WP Mail. You just call e- email send, and it sends everything in the template. And it also provides the API to uh, to register new template files, to modify template files, and the actual emails themselves, like the the, the templates for them, exist
0: as an actual template file that can be tweaked. Oh, uh, that's way cool. Is there uh, so that, is there like a UI component to to the email templates where you can like... There's not one for the
1: template themselves, but you can like the, the, the purchase receipt uh, and admin sale notifications that go out. Mm-hmm. The actual message that's sent is in a UI. So you can go and write out the message to say anything that you want, and then it has template tags built in that then get replaced Populated. with the actual yeah. data from the purchase when a purchase is made. Cool. Uh, at some point, we may implement more of a UI for tw- for tweaking those emails, but we're not really sure. Um, right. But that was that was an enhancement that I was really happy to get out because it, it was supposed to go in EDD 2.0, and it's been on the books since EDD 1.9 probably or 1.8. So it's been kind of in the back of my head for a while. I've been working on it for quite a while now. Cool. Um, I was pretty happy with how it turned out, especially because we – Managed to avoid any breaking changes, so even with the the pre existing templating system for emails, like we have an email templates extension that we sell that registers like ten new email templates, but it uses the old API, um, and those still work one hundred percent even with the new API.
0: That's awesome. There's nothing better to hear than like, yeah, when when well, people well, take well, into account backwards compatibility when we're building if, it, if I was using EDD and and. I upgraded and then all my custom emails broke. I'd be pretty pissed, right? Yeah, absolutely, and <laughs> as should be. Uh, while we were building it,
1: we were actually thinking of making it the first like truly breaking change that we'd ever intentionally implemented, um, and we were just going to tr- we were trying we we were, we were going to try and like break it gracefully, but still break it. Uh, and then once I got it finished, I. I decided that I didn't like that and I wanted to have that mindset of there is a way to do this in a backwards compatibility, in a backwards compatible way that will not break. So I just took, I took the time, figured it out and it ended up working perfectly. Um, So awesome. Yeah. Um, And then we had a new customers API, but I won't go into too much detail that basically we just implement a new database layer for customers.
0: Uh, Okay. So it's not like a, it's not like a AP like a public API where I can query customers. Uh, I mean, it is.
1: It's it's actually kind of both at the same time. It's a new database layer for for customer records that also provides all of the necessary uh methods for pulling customer details out, like for extension developers. Uh, right. it's actually one and the same thing.
0: Right. Did you say did you tell me you have you created a custom table for this as well? Or? Yes. This is actually the first custom table EDD has used.
1: I, I'm really thrilled to have it in a custom table finally. Uh, I've actually, early on, I was, I was proud of the fact that EDD didn't use any custom tables. And
0: now I regret that decision. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, I, so I'm really glad to be slowly Cause, moving. Because people this. that have 20,000 orders are emailing you. It doesn't, it doesn't
1: work in, in the default <laughs> WordPress tables very well. Uh, So we're slowly extracting that out and moving stuff into custom tables so that it actually queries are a lot more efficient, organization makes a lot more sense, uh, it's easier to move data around. And so customers was the first one that that happened. (coughs) That also means that anybody who upgrades to EDD 2.1 from a previous version actually goes through an upgrade routine and it will go through every single purchase record on the site and update that customer data, which could be 10 sales,
0: it could be 10,000 sales. Um, how did you like? So did you use like some kind of AJAX to to make sure nope. that doesn't time out or how, did, well, how does that work? Well,
1: um, it is using AJAX. Uh, it uses some JavaScript, uh, and it basically it ends up doing a redirect. So it does a it'll you trigger the upgrade routine, and it goes and it goes through steps. And so after each step, it does a redirect to a page, which then that page triggers a new redirect with JavaScript. Right. And it goes back and does, the, does, enough, does step two. Then right. it goes back to that page, triggers a redirect with JavaScript, does step three. And it can keep doing that, and it can go through thousands of steps without ever timing out. Right. Uh, we have had a couple instances where it has timed out, but I don't know why. Right. Uh, it's not I a big deal that. anyway, because mm-hmm. you can just start it again. Exactly. If you reload the, the upgrade URL, basically with the step parameter, it just restarts exactly where it was before. Right. Uh, which isn't really handy.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: the actual timeout that we've seen, I don't think it has to do with the, like, being too many redirects because that's what, that's what the JavaScript is there for, is to prevent that redirect loop. Um, what's happening is I think when it actually does a query, it finally, like the database is just tired of writing and reading. And so it just finally says, nope, I'm done.
0: Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that's what it is. I've only had it, I've only had it happen twice so far. Uh, and but I haven't been able to go in and like actually guide why it happened
0: right we we've been having uh, there's an issue we have with uh, the bD files add-on right now that where it times out uh, if you have a lot of bD files it's mm-hmm. it's the request where like it's trying to determine what media files are going to be downloaded and which ones aren't right uh, that one times out if you have a lot uh, and we've been brainstorming ways and we've been thinking about using a timer so basically track how long the script has been executing and at, after a certain point return and then start again <laughs> so so we could actually get around any timeout by tweaking that time limit where we, that's, we... yeah that's clever yeah, so I, I don't know if it's going to work yet because we haven't tried it yet, but that's, that's currently the, the winning solution so far. So Very cool. Yeah. Well, shall we jump in and talk about WordPress 4.0? Sure. Why not? So, so what's, what's
1: new? Well, there's a couple of things that are pretty cool that at least I really like. Uh, there's I love the new plugins installer. And the new plugin icons. Yeah. So if you go install a plugin now, you go to the add new screen. Instead of seeing the list table like you're used to, you actually now see plugin cards that show their header images, show the reviews, shows more information. It's a really nice visual feel for the plugin installer. It just looks great. Yeah. Um, it's much more more like an app
0: store kind of. Yeah, I think it. I think it gives a better some, representation some, of what people are actually installing. Some people are gonna hate that I compared it to the App Store. <laughs> <laughs> Probably,
1: but that's okay. Uh, and then with those new plugin cards, there's also plugin icons. So just like plugins can have headers, plugins can now have icons as well, which is just a small, basically a smaller version of the header for most people. Uh, and that makes it look. It, it gives it that actual visual flair. that's really nice.
0: Yeah, yeah, they it's did a, a great job. Plugin. Yeah. do you know who I mean, who the the design or who who's kind of leading the design end of this do you, do you know
1: uh, I did at one point I forget whose name it is now uh, if you look up the the main issue in WordPress track uh, it's definitely listed there I think it was mostly one person did the, did the majority of it
0: yeah it's hard it's it's tough to design by committee
1: <laughs> so oh,
0: yeah for sure yeah
1: this looks great though. Yeah, I really like that reviews now get shown in in the plugin installer directly, like on the plugin card. Yeah, uh, just gives you a really quick idea of like how how well a plugin is doing. But also, then when you go to click the more details, you can actually see the reviews right there in the pop up as well, without so you don't have to go to WordPress.org to to read the actual reviews as opposed to just the ratings. Right, which is really slick. Right, because uh, before
0: before when you went to more details, it just didn't have that reviews tab at all, right? Right. I think it had a.
1: I think it might have had a rating, but then you had to actually click onto the rating to go to WordPress.org to see the reviews.
0: Right. So now there's no reason to leave your dashboard, really. Yeah. Unless you wanted to browse support issues, I guess would be the right. You still, you can't
1: see support in yeah. in the installer yet, which would be kind of cool to see the, the recent support tickets.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it would. It would kind of give you more of a sense for like how active, you know, yep. the yeah, plugin definitely. is and stuff.
1: Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else is new in WordPress four Uh, the media grid is pretty cool. Yeah. Well, uh, the, so I-, the I-, I guess we should
0: mention like the icons too. Oh I mean, yeah, in the plugin installers. Yeah, because I because um, I mean the 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 UI has been updated, but also they added the uh, icons for each plugin, so. So now just, if, if a plugin doesn't have an icon it's just kind of like a I don't know fractal design. Yeah, but <laughs> did you see how that's generated?
1: It's actually pretty cool. Oh yeah, some kind of uh, kind
0: they of kind they of have nerdy a script that
1: actually goes and looks at the plugin's header image I think. Oh yeah. And then detects the primary color there oh, that's and sets cool. the icon based upon the primary color used in the header.
0: Oh, that that is cool. That and is, then if there's
1: no header I think it just picks a
0: random one. I on thought it. you were going to say something like it it does like an M hash of the author's email address and (laughs) (laughs) it might be kind of cool though. (laughs) Confused. Yeah. Who knows? (laughs) But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's pretty cool that
1: there's a nice guide on make.wordpress.org that tells about how to add the icons for your plugin. It's super simple. It's it's very similar to registering a header image. Yeah. Have Um, you gone through and updated any of yours yet? I've updated just migrate DB
0: pro. Um, I did I did EDD and that was it. Yeah, same. So, just the main one. Yeah, yeah. It looks really good. And then on the on .org, if you're searching plugins on .org, you can also see them there as well. Oh, that's right. Um, but I, that one needs a little bit of designer. It above. still needs a little love. <laughs> but, yeah. but that's okay. It's getting there. First step.
1: Yep. Uh, so then uh, the media grid is pretty cool. I yeah. Think. I don't know if anyone had played with that before WordPress four but now the media library defaults to showing all the images uh, and other media files directly,
0: like as a grid. Yeah, uh, just just like in the the model uh, pop up. Yep. When yep. you're when you're like exactly. if you're on the post screen and you go to upload a, a, a photo or you go to insert a photo into a post, you know you yeah. you get a, a grid display. Well, they've really just po- ported that UI to the media. Yeah. Uh, section, and then so. the, uh, now when you actually click onto one of the, the
1: images in the grid, it gives you uh, all of the details for that image directly in the, uh, in the new uh, Media Manager UI as well, in a really slick UI. It's, it's definitely a lot better than going to uh, the whatever, whatever like the attachment editor page was before, which still exists, but it's not the default one that you go to. Uh, and you can edit the image directly in the pop-up, which is pretty slick, too.
0: Right. Yeah, it's just a lot zippier than the old UI, you know, where it was the page refresh each time. Because yeah. now when you click on an image, it's just bam. It's just bam. Like right there.
1: Yeah. Uh, and also, like, if you want to go through and edit captions or descriptions or alternate text or anything like that, you can do that. It just saves immediately. You click the arrow to go to the next one, and you can just click through really quickly.
0: Yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, it's anyone that spends silly. a lot of time in the media library going to be pretty happy now. <laughs> like, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, also related to media is the new uh, live previews for Media Embed. That's freaking cool. I haven't haven't played with this. Okay, so here's what you do. Uh, go to a post or a page, yeah. go to the editor, and just paste a YouTube video in. Uh, if you haven't done it, do it just to try and see what it does. Oh, it's amazing. I did. I totally did do this. <laughs> uh, anything that can be, any O Embed that's supported, it just immediately takes it and renders the O Embed right there in the post editor. Uh, and it takes like half a second to do it. There's, there's hardly any delay at all. And it's cool cause it gives you a really great idea of exactly what your post is going to look like when you publish it. Uh, the, the new intro video for WordPress 4.0 explained it really, really well. And give a really nice demo and it's basically, there's no surprises anymore. You don't, you don't write a post and then publish it and find out it doesn't look like what you want. It looks the way it does when you write it after you publish it. Uh, and that's really cool. Scott Taylor did an awesome job on that.
0: Yeah, really great job. Very um, cool. what's what next? else? Oh, yeah, Scott Taylor's stuff. Um, yeah, we're going to link up this this article in the show notes. It's pretty awesome, uh, his write-up about it's what's the, the title called, Word, WordPress 4.0 Under the Hood, and it just goes into detail about kind of what's under the hood of
1: 4.0. I really liked it because it was from a contributor explaining like here's some of the technical things that changed, which a lot of people don't usually see unless they're following track. Yeah. And so it was really cool to see this. I loved his uh, one of the things I talked about was scrutinizer CI integration. Yeah. Uh, if anybody who's not familiar with Scrutinizer CI, it's a really cool tool that integrates directly with plugins on—not on, just plugins, but PHP and other scripts on GitHub—and it's bas- It scrutinizes your code base and looks for simple problems. Like it looks for variable names that are not used or misspelled, uh, or code duplication and things like that. Careful the first time you run it because it can be a little intimidating <laughs> because it will tell you there's 5,000 problems with this code base. Yep. Like I ran it with EDD and it told me there's like 5,000 problems. I was like, oh,
0: ouch. Yeah. It's, uh, and
1: it's, it's just because it's looking at every single little detail. And a yeah. lot of them aren't even necessarily problems. It's just saying, oh, this is something that might be an issue. Yeah.
0: Um, it's good, probably remember, good in the long run, though, to go through and clean this up. Yeah. Uh, so it but, tells
1: you about like code duplications and variables and other things like that. But it also tells you, uh, like anytime you do a commit, it'll tell you if you fixed issues or if you, or if you introduce new ones. Um, yeah, it actually caught me the other day because I committed something and accidentally missed, like renamed a variable, like as a typo. Oh. Uh, and it said, Hey, you introduced a new issue. I looked at it. And sh- oh, sure enough. Um, and it, it so it actually fixed that bug for me before it didn't fix the bug, but it told me there was a bug before I ever
0: figured it out in the wild. Yeah, which is cool. We we use scrutinizer as well, and uh, it's really cool. So what happens when you open a pull request? It integrates with GitHub, and so it shows you uh, kind of in the in the pull request status, uh, basically how many issues were introduced and how many are um, kind of outstanding, I guess. So that's pretty cool. Yeah.
1: Uh, I really, after after I set it up, I was really happy that I did. I spent about an hour or two kind of going through and doing a bunch of little fixes here and there. And after I did that, now it's just kind of an ongoing thing that gives me an idea of, are we cleaning up the code base over time? Yeah. So Scott actually li- uh, linked to a specific commit for WordPress where, He used it, and it was basically there was a variable that was just sitting there, never used, and it had been there for years. And Scrutinizer found it and allowed him to quickly remove it.
0: Right. So there's uh, when you when you set up Scrutinizer, super easy. You just point it at your GitHub repo, pretty much, and then and then it just picks up. You know, it emails you every time you make a commit, pretty much. I think. Yep. Um, Yeah. It took, what, like five minutes to set up, if that? Yeah, uh, but what you can do is you can add a .scrutinizer.yaml file to your the, the root of your project, and you can actually configure it for WordPress. So it'll actually uh, complain about any WordPress coding standard issues. For example, uh, if you don't put spaces uh, after your parentheses, it'll complain uh. about that. So, I didn't
1: realize that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. I need to do that.
0: Yeah. Cause I, then now you're going to have 10,000 issues. <laughs> oh, yay. So many to go through and fix. Yeah. I mean, there's some of those, like there's some, um, WordPress coding standard things that, that we don't agree with and we don't no. abide by. Um, oh, what was, there was one, the, uh,
1: the main one that I, I don't like, and this is super nitpicky. Uh, I cannot, in an, in an array, uh, the official coding standards say that you should have a comma after the last item in the array. Really? Oh, man, I didn't and see I that one. And yeah. I disagree. To me, yeah. that, Like irks me. It's like, no, I don't want a comma. To me, it's like
0: improper grammar almost. You know why I don't like it? Because it's like, oh, no, Internet Explorer is going to break, right? Because that... In JavaScript, it does. I know. That's why I've always never done it, right? Yeah. Cause... Actually, I, I remember... A, very specific
1: problem that I had one time, where Internet Explorer just didn't like my JavaScript. I was like, "What is going on? Like this is perfect," and it was because of that last comma. Yep. In the variables, it, and I had no idea. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that's on. like it just carried over to me in
0: PHP. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The one we we just um, debated uh, was the self-explanatory flag values for fun- function arguments. There's like a block in the PHP coding standards for WordPress that talks about this. So so if you're so for example, if you have a function called eat uh, and the parameters are what and slowly equals true, that's bad. What you want is uh, speed equals and then string slowly so that when you're calling eat later on, you could do something like eat mushrooms slowly, right? So, so that you, when you're calling the functions, it's, it's not going to be eat mushrooms true. It's going to be uh, eat mushrooms I, slowly.
1: I, definitely, I totally agree with that.
0: You, you I think agree you with it? it? Oh, I man. I <laughs> think,
1: I, well, here's the thing. I think there's certain <laughs> use cases where you'll find like it just doesn't make sense. Because you want a Boolean value. You yeah. want true or false but if you have one that might end up having multiple values for example sure. for your example slowly moderately quickly
0: but right. you can't do that in boolean you have to do a variable like string i agree I, so I agree with it that makes point sense. yeah i agree with that point but that's not what it's saying it's saying specifically it's, it's, for it's true saying false that the function
1: call itself you should be able to read the function call and the parameters
0: without knowing the without yeah. looking at the function definition yeah but but it's specifically saying that For uh, parameters that are true-false parameters, Mm. that it should be a string. Yeah,
1: I don't necessarily agree with that. I I agree with being able to understand exactly what it does.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, here's the thing. Here's what it came down to for us is what kind of won the argument is that we we all have editors and IDs that can, you know, you right-click on the function name and jump, Right to the function declaration instantly, and you can see yeah. the parameters. So it doesn't really the readability not really is big. not that critical. So yeah. and 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 the and also the likelihood that you're gonna typo those strings. Like if you put in slowly and you know swap the W and O by accident or something, then all then your code will have a bug in it, and you'll never know because you're you know if you spell true or false wrong, your PHP is That's gonna true. Yep. going to fail, right? And it's going to let you know. So, uh, and, you know, we, we went over a few different points, and it was it was an interesting conversation. I love having these conversations with the, yeah. with the team. Uh, one
1: of the other big changes in WordPress 4.0 that actually has no impact whatsoever on users, uh, and actually has very... Uh, no, it does have impact on developers, but it's one of my favorite changes, uh, and that is another one that Scott Taylor championed. And that was removing the usage of the extract function from WordPress core. Yeah. So WordPress core used to use extract in a hundred locations, maybe, (laughs) Uh, maybe a little under somewhere between 50 and a hundred. And he has removed every single one of them except one. And I applaud that effort. Uh, I actually recently did the same thing in ADD. We removed every single instance of extract. Uh, Brad, are you... For or against the usage of ex- extract?
0: Uh, pretty much against. Um, and the reason is because it's it's pretty much what I just said about the strings. It's it's not, it's, it's bad for debugging, right? It's horrible for debugging.
1: And yeah. Scrutinizer
0: will yell and scream at you.
1: Yeah, yeah, the Scrutinizer <laughs>
0: does not like extract at all. So
1: for anybody who isn't familiar with extract that much, uh, extract basically allows you to uh, pass in an array, or I think it also takes an object, of variables, so like say an, an array of key-value pairs, and it will take every single key and create a new variable based on that key name, and then set its its value to the value of the key in the, in the array. So if you have an array that says uh, uh, color blue, then you'll have a new variable called color that will equal, that will have a value of blue, uh, and it can be really handy because it can allow you to take a big old array and just make those b- variables available. Yeah. But it's also, I think, it's really dangerous because when you're reading through code, all of a sudden you see all of these different variables that magically appeared out of nowhere, and yeah. you have no idea where, and there's yeah. no way to backtrack them until you find that usage of extract. Uh, and yeah. so, it's really easy to get lost when you're trying to debug code. If yeah,
0: extract, and it's dangerous, like for for introducing bugs that you know when when you're editing code or you're you know working on a new feature or something because if you're using a variable below extract and then all of a sudden the array gains a new key with yep. w- with that variable th- with the same name as the variable you're using down below extract it's going to overwrite that variable right yep. <laughs> so yeah, it's a it's
1: kind of a nasty function i mean it's it's very useful but it's one that i think when you first get into development you you play with it and you're like oh this is so cool especially once you figure out what the heck extract does but then later on you realize it's really dangerous yeah uh, it, I, I was luckily really- like
0: most of the instances i've seen extract use is usually at the very top of a function so right. the dangers are a little less uh, little it's a little less dangerous than if you're just running extract halfway down the function somewhere yeah. uh But uh, outside of it possibly being difficult to debug and things
1: like that, it also just it freaks out like uh, code analyzers like scrutinizer that we mentioned earlier freak out with it because it sees all these variables that were never defined that are being used. Uh, And so if you're using a code analyzer tool, whether it's scrutinizer or something else, uh, it's going to yell at you if you use extract. And honestly, I think it's, it's with good reasons. You could
0: ignore it, but I think it's better just to avoid using it altogether. Yeah, I agree. I mean, your code's going to be more verbose, but in this instance, I think it's a it's a good thing.
1: Tell you what, if you've ever spent an hour and a half debugging an issue, trying to figure out where the heck a variable's coming from, only to after an hour or two discover it's coming from an extract, you'll understand the pain. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Cool. Uh, so what, else? what else is new in 4, 4.0? Uh, there's two other new little changes
1: that Scott uh, included in his under the hood stuff that I like. Um, one is that wp-insert-post and wp-insert-attachment, which used to be separate functions, are now the same thing. Uh, I think wp-insert-attachment just calls wp-insert-post. post uh, okay. So code got a little lighter. You have uniform hooks set up that uh, they all call the same hooks, the same filters, et cetera. That's cool. uh, And then the same thing happened with wp-handle-upload and wp handle side Load are now also the same function if you've ever used either of those.
0: Yeah, it was of that odd the sideload thing. I
1: always thought it was the the goofiest function name.
0: I never understood what sideload meant, but <laughs> yeah, it, it is, is a cool function. It's, it's totally a goofy name because I mean, side isn't sideloading when it's downloading a file like off you know from a URL, isn't that what a side yeah. and then inserting it into the media library? Yep. Right. Right. So <laughs> yeah, like that, isn't that more of a download to me? <laughs> yeah, that's what I always thought. I was like,
1: well, why isn't it maybe like retrieve file or copy file or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It never made sense to me, but anyway, so uh, yeah. if you use those, it might be important to you to, to know that they are now the same. Um, there's one other change that Brad, I don't know if, if you've experienced this one yet, but honestly, I think it is downright magical. Uh, it's, the, the way that the post editor now scrolls with you... Oh, yeah. ...is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I, I know... I've seen some people say they don't like it, but yeah. I think it's amazing. They don't like it because it's
0: different. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> they don't...
1: Once they're used to it, they'll just assume it's always been there and they'll love it. Yeah, they're going to get used to it because, yeah. I mean, it's, it's... It's definitely... It's better. Uh, I saw somebody on Reddit af- in, the, in the WordPress subreddit after somebody... They, they put up the 4.0 release and it's basically like, hey, everybody, what do you think? What, what do you like that's new? And one person said uh, the, the the auto-scrolling with the post-editor is practically orgasmic. <laughs> yeah, I wow. kind of agree with that. <laughs> it's awesome, though. But if, if you've ever been affected by what that fixes, you'll really appreciate it. And that's basically where, like, if you – I think it's more important on smaller screens – but like as you're scrolling down you're trying to scroll in the editor you get to the bottom of your content and then suddenly like your page starts scrolling it's kind of annoying yeah um,
0: yeah it was so that's
1: a big change that I
0: like a lot yeah it wasn't great the the other way for sure this is a i i i don't even i, I don't know how people can criticize it to be honest like what what are the do you know what people are complaining about specifically
1: like, um, or is it just I, I, I saw a comment where somebody was criticizing it, but I don't remember what it was. Honestly, it seemed to be like such a little thing that I didn't understand why it was a problem for them. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, they also added uh, additional embed supports, uh, including YouTube Playlist, College Humor, and TED Talks are now all supported by OMBED. Neat. Yeah. Um, is there oh, anything neat. else that you noticed that, or that you like, Brad?
0: Uh, no. I I like that they didn't break anything. That it's backwards compatible. I was about to ask this. How about how about this? Have <laughs> Have you experienced any issues in your plugins related to WordPress 4.0? Uh, I don't think so. No, I think uh, everything. Uh, is yeah. I mean, we we use uh, we've been testing on uh, with our with the nightly releases. So basically trunk, right? So yeah. yeah so nothing unexpected for sure. No, no, just our own bugs. nice well very cool Uh,
1: if anybody has anything else that they like about 4.0 or anything they want to throw out that was changed or added or removed uh, feel free to drop it in the comments let us know Uh, obviously with over like three or four hundred changes we didn't even get close to covering everything Uh, the list of contributors for 4.0 was huge I think it was around like 250 people are in the contributions credit list this time which is awesome yeah. Um, and also uh, this 4.0 was led by Helen Hussendi, uh, who, who we had on as a guest in episode 23. So if you want to hear her talk a little bit more about the experience of leading 4.0, that'd be a good episode to go back and listen to.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So thank. I, I just want to say thanks to Helen and everyone else who worked on, on 4.0. I mean, you know, you hear a lot of, people criticizing oh there's barely anything new or anything but i mean you just have to spend two seconds in track to see how much work these people put into this i mean it's yeah like there's, there's so much work going on behind the scenes that people don't see yeah uh,
1: and so it's 4.0 like a lot of people i've seen criticize that mm-hmm. there's not enough new features first of all whatever um but the amount of work that's gone in the number of code changes and improvements that have gone into 4.0 are awesome yeah. uh and so yeah Thank you to Helen and everyone else that was involved with it. For sure. Anything else you want to throw out there, Brad? Before we wrap up here? Yeah, I
0: might as well uh, mention Big Snow Tiny Conf again. So BigSnowTinyConf.com. Uh, check it out and sign up to our email list. We are going to be uh, releasing tickets uh, for sale this month. So in the Very next cool. few and, weeks. And how many people are you looking to get there? We're not capping it yet. We're gonna we're gonna see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. How many did you have last year? We had we had seven sign up, and then there was flight cancellations. Only five made it, um, and that that was a good number of people. Like it was, they they really enjoyed the kind of small atmosphere. They kind of felt like a family almost uh, by yeah, the end of awesome. it. So uh, we we're kind of thinking of recreating that, even if we have a bigger um, a bigger turnout by by just grouping houses so grouping people into like you know five six people in a house um very cool so uh, that's just an idea we haven't decided on anything yet we might get a big house for everyone depends what how many people we get so see very cool yeah so yeah and uh i guess review us on itunes is the other thing um, yeah, definitely. We had somebody review us the other day, and, and that was awesome. And they got a nice little
1: review of their plugin out of the deal as well. So that offer still stands. I'll be more than happy to review your, your plugin or your theme, give you a little feedback on it, write your review on WordPress.org, et cetera. Uh, make a little trade. For sure. Uh, I want to throw out one more note for our thanks to our sponsor. Uh, this is Sprout Apps, uh, which is sproutapps.co on online. Uh, lead developer is Dan Cameron, who we, we had on last episode. If you want to hear a little bit more about his business and his venture with Sprout apps, go check it out. And thank thanks to him for sponsoring. Yeah, thanks Dan. Awesome. And to ever everybody, two weeks.
0: Yeah, for sure. See you everybody.